And welcome to WDW Radio Live. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this right here is the WDW Newscast for Wednesday, July 16th, 2014. I am here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this live broadcast every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern right here at WDW Radio Live. You can also find the podcast in iTunes and on WWRadio.com. You can find our blog, videos, um, live events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio tours, free mobile app, newsletter, discussion forums, lots more going on there. Again, that's over at WDWRadio.com. You can also find my brand new book there, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. And by the way, thank you again to all of you for the great reviews on Amazon.com, like from Sean Croft, Art Mills, Bob Schindler, and John Ogden. If you want to find out more about the book, you can visit Disney102.com. And also, all you, you who have been reviewing the show on iTunes, like Susie Nicole, MJ11, Bearcat Matt, I dig that name, and SM Mac 10 I really do appreciate you guys heading out to iTunes and reviewing the show. All right, let's get right into this week's Walt Disney World news. You may have heard that Bob Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, was named the 2014 CEO of the Year by Chief Executive Magazine. It's an honor bestowed upon outstanding corporate leaders nominated and selected by a group of their of their CEO peers. It's the 29th year that this award has been given out. Other names you might recognize that have received it in the past are Bill Gates, Jack Welch, Michael Dell, uh, and J.P. Donlin, who is the editor-in-chief, said even iconic brands like Disney need fixing from time to time, which I thought was interesting. He said, quote, but instead of easy fixes, Bob Iger played the long game by addressing Disney's cultural issues head-on with a three-pronged strategy, made it stronger, more prof profitable, with greater depth in the overall band. Think about things like, since he took over in 2005, he has turned Disney really into a profit-making powerhouse. And at the bottom, of, at the end of the day, the bottom line is the thing that's so very important to stockholders anyway. Think about it. He acquired Pixar Animation Studios from Steve Jobs back in 2006, Marvel in 2009, and Lucasfilm and that little thing called Star Wars and Indiana Jones back in 2012. And look, the, uh, the shareholder return in 2013 was 202%. And back in February, the stock hit an all-time closing high of almost $80 compared to $23 when he first took over as CEO. And again, he's been called a visionary, an innovator. He has uh, increasingly expanded the diverse portfolio of businesses and things that Disney has their hands in, right? He's been called a disruptive innovator by taking the entertainment industry to a completely new level using new media and new technology. He took a great brand and made it better, which isn't easy to do. That was by Tom Quinlan. Again, he will be uh, celebrated uh, next month at the uh, New York Stock Exchange, or it's actually later on this month at the New York Stock Exchange in a private uh, event. Again, I think it is certainly very well-deserved. I've talked to you a lot in the past about my feelings about Bob Iger. Again, I think his legacy, what history will show about him, was how he took, like they said, a great company and made it better by doing what Walt did, which was surrounding himself by those people and those companies who were the very best at what they did. He took 
family entertainment and expanded to areas that the company may have been lacking with things like Pixar and Marvel and Lucasfilm. And 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when we look back on Bob Iger's legacy, it is going to be, I think, those acquisitions, that kind of expansion that's going to define his tenure. And yes, from a corporate bottom line stockholder perspective, he has really taken a profitable company and blown it through the roof in terms of shareholders' returns on their investment. All right, let's move from Bob Iger over to the Disney theme parks. And more importantly, ladies and some gentlemen, you know what's coming up. The Princess Half Marathon Weekend uh, registration opened recently. We'll get to that in a second. But less than 24 hours ahead of the registration of the 2015 Princess Half Marathon Weekend, which is going to run February 19th through the 22nd, 2015, Run Disney announced that some Frozen events are going to be part of that event as well. Obviously, they didn't really need to do that because they've never had any trouble selling this out uh, at all. But now the Princess 5K and the Kids Races Kids races are going to be themed towards Frozen. There's also going to be Frozen-themed medals awarded to all participants. Uh, again, this is one of two primarily female, women-focused run Disney events. The other one is the Tinkerbell Half Marathon, which takes place in May at the Disneyland Resort out in California. This has really become one of the largest women-specific running events in the country. So back in 2009, just to give you a sense of how it's grown, about the, that was the inaugural Princess Half Marathon in Walt Disney World. About 7,500 runners participated in that one. Last year, 26,000. So I don't know what the exponent is, but that's exponentially larger than what it was. And look, this year, uh, again, like all the Run Disney events, people are blocking out their mornings, taking time off from work, scheduling their breaks to start to register because the Princess Half Marathon sold out literally in hours. The half marathon sold out. The 10K is sold out. The glass slipper challenge, which is both also sold out. The 5K is 65% sold out. The uh, Run Disney Kids races are 55% sold out. The race retreat is 52% and the breakfast is 52%. It's not going to take very long before all of those events sell out. The frozen addition on top of that is just... Pardon the accidental pun. It's icing on the uh, already very delicious princess cake. I know a lot of people are excited to be out there. I know a lot of people have some trouble logging on and registering. I know Run Disney was really trying to address that as the morning was going on. I would not want to have wanted to be on the uh, Run Disney side of things because I know it's tough when uh, your site goes down and server goes down and people can't register. It's frustrating, but I think it goes to show you just how popular all these races are have become. Hopefully, they'll be able to fix that those kind of issues going forward. But again, that race sold out literally in within hours of going live. I guess it was Monday morning. So, all right, let's go from running, not one of my favorite things to do, to far and away my favorite things to do. Because I tell, I talk about this all the time. You know, sometimes when we hear something's closing in Walt Disney World, it's sad, and we're we're sad to see it go or her go. But we know that something better is hopefully coming. And it was announced recently that Cuisina, the Cat Cora restaurant on Disney's Boardwalk, is going to be closing on September 30th, 2014. But we are happy to know that Disney this week announced what is going to replace it. We're moving from Greece over to Italy as the Trattoria Al Forno. 
sales my Italian accent there, is going to be opening in December 2014. Trattoria means simple foods. Al forno, like forno, like furnace, means it's going to be baked in an oven. And it's really going to be a culinary tour of Italy's various regions, uh, all in my favorite way. It's in food format. So, for example, you can have Neapolitan pizzas from Naples. Neapolitan means it's baked in wood-burning ovens, simple sauce, fresh mozzarella like Via Napoli over in Epcot. Speaking of which, as I read the release, there were two words that had me. It grabbed my heart. It grabbed my stomach. Actually, it's three words. Hand, four words. Handcrafted mozzarella made daily. Sign me up. Uh, I'm going to get online right now. You also get things like pork chop a la Milanese from Milan. Bolognese made with braised beef inspired by the dishes of Bologna. Tagliatelle carnara from Rome. And other dishes that maybe you're more familiar with. Things like chicken parmesan, house-made gavadil or cavatelli, polento, seasonal risotto. Always going to be on the menu. And some of my favorites. Italian meats sliced paper thin. I talk slowly because it, you enjoy it better that way. Olives, caponata, pasta, fresh seafood, all part of the dining experience. For vegetarians, don't sweat it. You have ruffled campanelle pasta with green beans, roasted potatoes, uh, genovese pesto. And you can't have dinner without having dessert. So legendary Italian tiramisu, that's sort of the coffee-dipped lady fingers. Lemon panna cotta with almond crunch and berries. That's like a, um, it's like a cooked cream. They sort of they simmer uh, cream and milk and sugar and gelatin, and it cools. And it's eaten all throughout Italy with berries or, or caramel or uh, chocolate sauce or, or fruit, like they're going to serve it here. There's also going to be a variety of different gelatos. Look, I smile when I talk about Italian food. And signature bomboloni. They're sort of um, like Italian donut holes. It's Things like bomboloni, it sounds like bomb because it's it's like a calorie bomb, but it's so good. And they serve it like um, uh, with dark chocolate. It's a dessert you often find in Tuscany, but really served throughout Italy. Also, you can't have dinner and wine, at dinner and dessert without wine. 100% Italian wines from Tuscany and Veneto and Piedmont. 60, 60 offerings by the bottle, 25 wines by the glass, including, including Chianti's Super Tuscans. It's better than a regular Tuscan. It's a super Tuscan. Uh, white wines like Prosecco's, Pinot Grigio's, Moscato. Also, there's going to be a signature blend Italian coffee roasted just for the Trattoria. Now, bad news is we don't know the exact opening date. What we do know is that it is going to be opening in December. I am very excited. So we're hoping that they'll start opening this up for advanced dining reservations relatively soon, especially with the holiday season coming. I'm looking in the chat rooms. <laughs> Lose hands, move more when they talk about Italian food. Um, let's see. People are, I, they, I, the more they hear about Italian food, they're getting hungry. Eric McMurray uh, is getting hungry. Beatles Girl needs to walk away from the computer. Too much good sounding food. So, I want to know, what do you guys think? Now, I was a big fan of Cuisina. I love Kat Cora as a person. I loved her food. I liked Cuisina a lot. Um, it, the menu had changed a little bit over the years. Uh, it wasn't necessarily... Um, it got a lot of different mixed reviews, especially later on, I think, as people started to know it was closing. But do you think you're going to miss it? Now, look, you know, this location on the boardwalk has always been about Mediterranean-inspired food. It was Spoodles and then Cuisina and now sort of Mediterranean-inspired Italy. 
And as somebody who was originally from New Jersey and who is Italian, I'm always looking for real good Italian food. And it is very tough to find in Florida. I've talked about this a lot. Um, it could be the water. It could be whatever. And uh, when this was announced this week, it was, it was interesting to note that some people were angry. Go figure. Some people are angry on Twitter. <laughs> Separate conversation for another day. But people were asking, you know, does Disney need another Italian restaurant? I think what you need to keep in mind is that while there are a variety of different Italian options, they vary very much by their offerings, their levels, and their locations, right? So Mama Melrose's and Tony's Town Square, both located within Walt Disney World theme parks, are a certain level of basic Italian cuisine. Via Napoli, again, that um, Neapolitan-style pizza, which I think is some of the best pizza you'll find in the area because it is the water that they import. Tutto Italia, also inside the theme parks, but a different level, a different type of dining experience. Same thing with Tutto Gusto. The wine bar is one of my favorite sort of lounge-type atmospheres in Walt Disney World, and I believe... In my opinion, that Il Molino over at the Swan is not only very much overlooked, but I think has the best Italian food in uh, the Disney parks. It's very much sort of that home style, family style, open kitchen food. But I think you have to keep in mind that what the Trattoria is going to offer are a couple different things. One, it's going to be a different style of food. And if you're not very familiar with Italian food, you might not um, appreciate what I'm saying at this point, but it is going to be simpler meals, not in terms of the depth of flavor, but the simpler types of food that's going to be offered there. But I think you have to remember, too, it's not going to be in a Walt Disney World theme park. And that is an important distinction because Mama Melrose, Tony's Town Square, Vianopoli, Tutto Italia, Tutto Gusto all take place inside a Walt Disney World theme park. Not everybody, especially locals, are able to get into the Disney theme parks at all times. Not everybody has a premium annual pass or a non-blackout date pass. So you do need some options that are outside the theme parks. Il Molino, again, I think is very much overlooked. It is sort of technically not a Disney-owned hotel, so I think it's off a lot of people's radar. So I personally am looking forward to this. Um, I'm looking forward to this type of Italian dining experience, which I have missed Again, on a personal level, since I have moved down here, I like the fact that it's on the boardwalk. I think it adds to that nighttime boardwalk experience. You go there at dusk, you walk around, you have a nice meal, a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, some dessert, and then you come out and enjoy the boardwalk again after dinner because it's a completely different experience. You have entertainment, you have music, you can wander the boardwalk, you can hear and see the fireworks off in a distance. There's something very beautiful, very romantic, very fun, even as a family, or you walk down to Jelly Rolls or Atlantic Dance Hall. So I, for one, I know, shocker, am excited about a new restaurant, especially a new Italian restaurant that, from what I understand, is a it's, it, it's going to be owned and operated by Disney, not a third party like a Vianapoli or an Il Molino or some of these other places. So it's a Disney-owned and operated restaurant outside the theme parks with a different type of experience and a different type of food. I am looking forward to it opening in December. I want to know, what do you guys think? Were you monstrous fans of Cucina? Do you like the idea of an Italian restaurant coming in and what this may be? 
please do me a favor, favor. Leave your answer in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, you can tweet me at Lou Mangiello on Twitter or go to facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. Leave your comments there. I would love to hear more about what you guys think. Disney Daddy makes a great point. Boardwalk, great evening activity. Doesn't cost anything unless you want to spend something on food or playing some of the games. So uh, please let me know some more uh, about your thoughts about the Trattoria Al Forno coming to Disney's Boardwalk this December. Uh, also, a couple of things. Speaking of things that are coming up, don't forget, we here at WW Radio have some things coming up. Our next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, July 26th at the Starbucks in downtown Disney. Tomorrow is the last day for you to get tickets for our Atlantic Dance Hall event and Illuminations Dessert Party on August 9th before our cruise on the Disney Dream. If you're not coming and cruising with us this year, make sure you come next year because we're going to Alaska on the Disney Wonder. I have got my mucklucks in tow and I am so very excited. And also, if you are a podcaster or just want to be one in the Florida area, me and Jared Easley are going to be hosting a Central Florida Podcasters Meetup this Friday, as in two days from now, at the House of Blues in downtown Disney. You can visit LouMangelo.com, the events page there, to find out more. And also, don't forget to, if you have the book, like the book, tell your friends, review it on Amazon, or visit Disney102.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word and please come back and bring your friends next Wednesday and every Wednesday right here at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. I am Lou Mangiello. Thanks so very much for watching. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. See ya.